Art is more than just a composition of beautiful colors and carefully placed brushstrokes. When we can think about it more expansively, that is. Welcome to the Art of Podcast, a show that unveils the masterpiece resulting from you taking your healing into your own hands. I'm your host, Leah Fisher, a trauma survivor turned multi-awarded reflectionist artist with a master's degree in counseling. My highest intention is to create a community for self-healers. Together, we'll unlock your own creative capacity to design a life of holistic wellness and embrace the healing journey, one step at a time. You are listening to The Art of Podcast, and this is episode number 14. Well, hey, you guys, welcome back to The Art of Podcast with me, your host, Leah Fisher. And thank you so much for joining me again today. And we're going to be having a really interesting, different conversation with a friend of mine. His name is Alexander Coronado. And I just recently met him because a friend of mine invited me to go to a sound bath. And as you know, this is one of my favorite things to do. And I do it really often. And she assured me that this person was very special, and it really was. And so, as I said, he is a sound bowl practitioner. He's also a Reiki practitioner, a geomassy practitioner, and a death doula, which I'm sure you guys don't know this about me, but I am completely obsessed with death doulas. So welcome, Alexander. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the, your first time to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's a lot less scary than you think. I, I hope so, at least. Yeah. 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 Now I'm comfortable. <laughs> good. Good. Well, so it was really cool to see you with your bowls and the way that you set up the meditation, you said something that really stuck with me, but I want to kind of wait to talk about that till we start talking about the death doula. But the first thing I want to talk about, you do so many beautiful things with energy and something that I'd, I'd never really heard of was a geomancy practitioner. Can you tell us what that is exactly? So it's just another term for um, feng shui mm -hmm. and, uh, Feng Shui actually translates to wind and water, and it's the the way energy flows as if it was wind and water throughout your home and throughout your being, throughout your feel. One of my purposes here on on this world is to help regulate that and help allow the flow within our lives, within our space become easier and less turbulent and just just um, more natural. Yeah, yeah. So do you have clients that you work with that hire you to come into their living space and rearrange the furniture? Yes, or? yes, yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different little categories to, that comes with it that I feel, um, even when it comes to just decluttering a home and just kind of ridding yourself of things that no longer have any use to you. That's just old stagnant energy, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah, it's almost like, like kind of, it's not, it's not minimalism or trying to become a minimalist, but it might have a little element of that to it, right? Yes, yeah, because we, uh, we get a... Um, we get too comfortable with just holding on to things. We don't really know why we hold on to them. We just feel like, oh, I need this. But realistically, when was the last time you used it? Like right. three years ago, five years ago. Then, yeah, then we no longer need that within our lives. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
And so when a client comes in and says, I really need help with this, do you feel like they have a hard time letting go of some of that things? Do you get to see them go through an emotional release and process by letting go? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, they relive, they relive memories and thoughts and feelings associated with that object or that clothing or whatever, whatever it may be, a gift or somebody else's personal item that they've just been holding on to or even somebody who's passed on and even decluttering stuff like that you know, that just doesn't really have a place within our lives anymore mm-hmm. how much how much do you encourage them to let it go do you is there a certain amount of resistance that you just kind of acquiesce to and say okay just keep it or do you really try to dig deep within their layers to really say okay this attachment is probably hurting you energetically yeah it totally depends on what it is and how attached they are to it. Obviously, some things are just going to be very sensitive. There's going to be a lot of emotion attached to it. And if you're not ready to let it go, no means don't sever that connection if it's not, you know, if it doesn't need to happen yet. Yeah. Because there's a process to everything. Right. Right. (laughs) I mean, I can see some people not really wanting to get rid of anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when we get into the the questions of when was the last time you used it or when was the last time you saw it or how is this serving you? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of in a different space in my life. I, I want to get rid of everything. (laughs) I'm constantly going through everything, trying to get rid of it. I just feel like Mm -hmm. I want to have a lighter space and just less stuff to clean, less stuff to manage, Mm -hmm. you know, just, and run into, (laughs) you know, so that's interesting. And so is it really just more about rearranging or decluttering or just both at the same time? Both at the same time, but also just depending on the needs of the client. So do you go in, because you, because I I read up all these beautiful things that you do. So maybe a client needs Reiki, but then also needs some feng shui uh, guidance. And you're just kind of a overall practitioner you can read their energy and say okay you'd benefit from this this and this yes most definitely i would make recommendations of what i think would best serve them and it would be up to them if they want to if they're ready or in a place to receive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay it takes a lot of presence to be able to tell if somebody's in a place to receive that you know yes it just yeah, just reading somebody and, you know, obviously if they're not ready or not comfortable, you know, then I'm not going to push it because uh, something I've learned over the years is that it's not my responsibility to heal people. It's mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. It's my responsibility to hold space for those who are ready, mm-hmm. who are ready to for that healing. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot of self-awareness for you, though, not to let the ego come in and say, I, I, I know, I know what might help you. Let me do this for you. You know, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I, I learned, thankfully I picked up on that. Um, I think early on in my practice, my first year as a Reiki practitioner and, you know, I was talking to my mentors and friends and other practitioners and, and trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing wrong? What, well, how can I be better? How can I improve? And, and low key, I was accidentally involving my ego 
mm. as as a practitioner because I'm like I'm gonna heal the mess out of this person. <laughs> they're gonna be saved. They're gonna be healed. And right. I'm, it's like no, 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 no. I'm putting so much expectation behind it. I'm in, putting so much of my own personal energy into it in not a healthy way. And then I was like, okay, no, I, I have to rewrite that script and I have to change that story. It's like uh, what I'm gonna be here for is just to hold space and to just channel as much healing loving energy as much as you need but with no expectation of the outcome i'm just being present here with you take what you need Mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful service to (sighs) give to someone you know and i mean and so how how old are you i'm 32 you look like you're about 22 years old <laughs> you, you do you're like you're so you're so, i mean i'm oh. i'm dying because i was because you're as you're sitting there talking i'm thinking wow this sounds very wise for a 22 year old <laughs> still pretty wise for a 33 year old in my opinion but, thank you it's very flat <laughs> so so you're 33 and what led you to do all the things that you do now um, it's been a very interesting journey, uh, but I think the seed was planted when I was in middle school and high school, and my grandparents would take me on these trips to Mexico, mm. and we would be- take these bus trips that were a week to two weeks long is that where you're originally from mexico or your your family yeah my family's uh i would say from mexico and el paso so mexico texas and um so we would take these trips and we would stop at multiple different cities on the way all the way down there and all the way back and we would visit these pyramids uh of the mayans and the aztecs and it was just so like Mesmer, I was so mesmerized by it. Mm-hmm. I was like hooked. I just could not believe these massive stone structures. And I instantly felt a connection with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to stay here. Mm. I just want to stay here in these these palaces, these stone built temples. And I was just so amazed at how astronomically connected it was with the stars, with the cosmos, with, they were just very much like astrologers. They studied and they paid attention and were present with the movement of the stars and the plants. And I was just, I was like, oh my gosh. I have to know more. I want to know more. I want to know more. Because uh, even the pyramid in Chichen Itza, if you count every single step, there's 365 steps Wow! all the way around. And it's, it's just, there's just, that's just a tiny, tiny bit of like all the other, the magic behind the numbers and the locations and the star constellations. And I was just so hooked on it, but Growing up, you know, I've had some experiences and some relationships and things that have been slowly opening my eyes to what I really feel is out here. And what it is, is that there's just so much more than what meets the eye. Mm -hmm. Our perception of the world is such a tiny fraction of what's actually there. Right. And just really knowing this as fact, you know, and science is starting to really catch up with what uh, our bioenergy field is and how we can move it and heal ourselves and what attention intention can do and what our thoughts, our thoughts can create, create our world. And we manifest our lives. And, um, you know, I, you know, I'm just a huge advocate for, you know, changing, rewriting our 
our mental thoughts, our mental wordings, uh, even the words that we speak to ourselves are, is very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. It's very, we just, just something we just need to be a little bit more mindful of. Right, right. No, I completely agree. Do you follow the work of Joe Dispenza or yes. Bruce Lipton oh or any of those gosh. guys? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I like reading uh, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Yes. Oh, I was like, this is it. This is like <laughs> solidifying everything that I've been thinking and feeling, but putting a little bit more structure behind it. I was like, yeah, I'm, it's I'm here for it. It's incredible. <laughs> and have you seen his documentary on Gaia TV? The no, Re I Rewired? Haven't. I oh. haven't yet. Yeah, haven't no, yet. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. You have, you're going to love it. Oh. You're, you're going to absolutely love it. Um, well, cool. I mean, I, I mean, it's always so good fun to talk to people who are have this awareness of this work and and these conversations that are being had out there because there's so much power in it mm -hmm. and finally some science kind of backing up the manifestation process that I think we can all get really excited about yes is there anything that you're trying to currently manifest in your life right now yes I'm still trying to focus my energy in being more spiritual spearheaded like uh, in uh, my focus and my practice and just getting a more spiritual routine routine going on like I got a pretty okay one but it's a little sloppy for like, you personally yeah personally yeah. yeah I know I can clean it up a lot more yeah. and I plan on cleaning it up a lot more um yeah okay <laughs> yeah no I like that I like that it's sometimes hard to do around your spiritual practice because it's so it's voluntary, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like uh, I have to eat today. I have to show up to my appointment today, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can appreciate that. Well, okay. So this is an, one of the, my, <laughs> I'm such a weirdo. Okay. So I'm obsessed with death doulas <laughs> and for, I'm going to let you, um, you tell people exactly what that is. Okay, so uh, most people have heard of a doula, and usually they like a birth doula. Yes, they associate it with being, you know, helping women bring life into the world and and being and holding space for them in that process and guiding them through it. So the death doula is essentially the same thing, but out of this world as people transition out into the next life mm. so but not only am i here to hold space for those transitioning but also those who had loved ones transition or or even those who are just planning ahead way ahead of time mm -hmm. you know even before their deathbed or even before they have to even think about or worry about it but just being prepared mm -hmm. and and how how you want to experience that transition and Ideally, I'm just here to advocate for people's best death, mm -hmm. their their happiest way of experiencing that transition. And, and that's just being comfortable with knowing, like, I want to be cremated. I, I want my ashes spread over this ocean or I want to be buried in a pod where I turn into a tree. Which I think is one of the coolest <laughs> things ever. I was just having a conversation over lunch like with 24 girls about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's so many more options. We well, don't have to be buried in a box in a casket in a cemetery. That's not that's not always the route. And we don't have to spend all this money for a company or a business to process that, even though that's just what society is comfortable with now. 
Yeah, one of my friends was saying, how cool would it be instead of cutting down forests if everybody that died, we didn't bury them in a cemetery, but just made like rainforest with, you know, and then they, I mean, you reincarnate so much faster because your energy is literally going into yeah. a tree. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's like a, a, a forest cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Wouldn't that be incredible? That would be beautiful. Okay, business plan. Oh, next, is, next to me. That's a thing. That's a thing. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I mean, it would really solve a lot of problems, yes. I believe. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's. Oh, that's such a beautiful <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so um, I, the, how I even came to awareness around even what a death doula was, I was listening to some podcasts. I don't remember who it was. Something brilliant. I can't remember what it was. But they had a nurse that was a death doula, and she was just basically saying how everyone is so afraid of death, not only themselves dying, but their relatives, that when the moment comes, we as a society are so ill-prepared emotionally to really be present with the people who are transitioning. And there are so many ways that we can make it a joyful, beautiful process. And some of the things that she said that she does, and I don't know if you do this, but is uh, like lighting candles and playing music and massaging. Like, I guess when we're dying, people are very scared to touch those that are dying. But Apparently, it is very soothing and very good for people that are passing to receive that physical touch, Mm -hmm. which to me, if I can just get a massage and slip on out of here, I am completely (laughs) down with that, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I mean, is that kind of what you do? Yes. It's a part of the the work, but it also just kind of depends on what the client wants and Mm -hmm. what the client is comfortable with. Because there's so many ways uh, that you can bring them comfort, even just baking their favorite cookie. And the aroma in the air is just a thing. Thinking about the, what they're smelling and just wow. making them as comfortable as possible in, in in just different ways. If I could get a massage and cookies, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> I think I can't really even think of anything better actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, because when because my dad he uh, he died of cancer, and I had never I'd never really seen anyone die or even close to death. I think. The last time someone who close to me had died was my grandmother, but it was years before and I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so I was terrified to touch him. I was terrified in general. Um, wow. It, I just having someone there to just even, it's almost like a, like a facilitator, or a therapist to even just like help me say, okay, like you can talk to him or you can touch him or mm-hmm. it's okay, would have been so helpful. Mm-hmm. So helpful. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, one of the connections that we have lost over the years is really being present with the death, the dead, the, mm-hmm. or the deceased or those who have passed on. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, it's something we shy away from and we look away and we turn away. And I, I remember growing up as something was like, no, I don't want to see my dead grandfather because I don't, I don't want to remember him that way. I remember him alive and living and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just, you know, more into my adulthood and really noticing some things and uh, how, you know, society is now. Um, we just kind of, put it on somebody else to take care of it. Yeah. And obviously we have lives to live. We're busy. We're working. We have bills to pay. But I think really talking about it and being open about it and being present with it mm-hmm. and the subject and being real about, yeah, obviously it's scary. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I definitely scare myself sometimes. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, there's gonna definitely going to be a point where I'm not going to be around anymore. Yeah. 
and the world is going to continue spinning. Yeah. But then after that, there's another life to be lived. Yeah. Whether that's in another star system or the Palladian system or, you know, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. But I think that's also an exciting idea. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I, there's so much more to see, mm-hmm. obviously, what we can feel, feel and see here on the physical realm. So I want to, I'm curious. I was like, what's out there? Do, do you feel when you see people pass, do you feel like they are that they are going some like what it like where do, what is the energetic shift what is how do you experience that with most is it kind of the same with people or do you see different transitions um energy wise spiritually or yeah, like, soul wise like do, you, do, do you notice like the expression on their face being kind of similar is, is everybody's passing kind of unique to their own personality and experience or is there something similar that you recognize with people in general it's always different Um, each person is different because um, they're passing different they're transitioning different and it's it's almost like birth you never really know when you're gonna give birth it just happens Uh but you know today's world we kind of push things along and but if you're going to be doing a totally natural birth at home you kind of just wait until the body does what it needs to do yeah and when it comes to death and that transition it's interesting because i feel some a chemical reaction that happens within you that's also a spiritual reaction Mm -hmm. which we don't get to see a lot in our everyday lives a spiritual reaction it's something that's very you're very alone in it a lot yes yeah and then witnessing it with someone as they're passing has to be powerful so a lot of spiritual stuff we see you know on our own and we feel it and sometimes it takes a while so it's definitely their awareness their being their energy leaves this shell Mm -hmm. but just because it leaves a shell it doesn't mean it's gone Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean it's missing it doesn't mean to me they're not really dead they just lose the shell Mm -hmm. right Right. and i think really being present with a body with the dead you really get a feel and a sense for that Mm -hmm. And then even then, after death, you know, some people still see signs. They still get messages. They, um, and it, it comes in so many different forms and so many different fashions. It just depends on how your connection with your loved one, you know. Um, they, they can and sometimes they will show you something mm-hmm. that lets you know, that, yeah. It's so weird. I don't know if this is just my imagination, but every time someone I know dies, I almost feel like I get this overwhelming um, sense of their presence. And like, I know them a lot better after they leave, like almost instantaneously after they leave. It's like, I have this deep understanding and knowing of them that I didn't have when they were here. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like a concluding of the relationship sort of, but it kind of, it's almost like it, just downloads and it just means that it's just there not concluding but i get all the information that i needed that when they were here does that make sense Mm -hmm. at all okay Mm -hmm. yeah i always get that when anybody i know dies it's really it's Mm. actually very comforting Mm. you know yeah um so why do you think that we're so engaged in birth but we're so disengaged from death as a society why 
So I heard this theory, um, uh, and some some people may be familiar with it, but um, and I first picked up on it when I was watching this show called Midnight Gospel. Okay. And uh, it's a very interesting illustrated cartoon, but the, they 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 basically play podcasts over the cartoon. Oh. And they incorporate the cartoon with the podcast, but it's very interesting and very funny. Okay. But the podcasts are legit. Yeah. Well, one of the subjects was on death and how it kind of became what it is today. And essentially, it kind of started when I think when, you know, when we were having wars and stuff, there was no way to send the bodies back that died at war back home. There was no way of like transporting them because they they begin to rot. They begin to decompose. So the bodies weren't going to, the train men were like, no, you're not putting dead bodies on our train to transport them for days. It's a mess. Yeah. So, so it probably started, you know, like like Civil War, or World War yes. One, stuff like that. Or yes. So, but then there's these men that came up with the process of preserving the bodies, mm-hmm. and in order to, to preserve the bodies, so they wouldn't decompose to get them back home to their families. Mm-hmm. So then, eventually, you know, things get busy, uh, business is good, but then the war stop. So they had to kind of like create this idea like oh you know we're not going to make any more money the wars are done people are not dying anymore (laughs) so they were like continue doing this and you can uh, and you don't have to worry about them and we can take care of this job for you you don't have to process the body within the home you don't have to process the body yourselves the family doesn't have to worry about it anymore you pay us and we'll take care of that work and plus they're probably riddled with diseases and stuff you don't want to get any of them which it's impossible (laughs) to catch a disease from a dead body no essentially pretty much yeah because (laughs) once but once the host is dead, then... Once the host is dead, they don't do any of the things that spread disease. Yeah. They don't cough. They don't touch things. They don't, you know... Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah. So essentially, they become even safer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the idea was that, oh, yeah, we'll take care of it. You just pay us, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Interesting. And eventually, it just got to a point where that just became a thing. It, it became a business, and people wanted to learn how to do it to make money, and then boom. Yeah. Now we have separated ourselves for the convenience of, you know, we can pay this person, they can take care of it, and we don't have to deal with it. Whew. Yeah, I don't know that I totally disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I'd have to really give that some thought, but that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting. Yeah, the business now is just we'll sell these expensive boxes and these expensive yeah. package deals yeah. and these expensive tombstones yeah. and make all this money and... Well, I, I'd, I'd rather be a tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, that idea is that's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, cool. So do you do that for pets too? Yes, ma'am, I oh. do. Pets, horses, dogs, cats. I mean, oh. essentially, um, obviously, when you've had a pet for so long, they're family. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're there for emotional support. They're there. They love you. You love them. I mean... It's the same thing. Grief yeah. is the same thing. It yeah. still hurts. It still sucks. It's still, ouch, my heart. Yeah. I just lost my best friend who I see every freaking day. You're about to make me cry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, unfortunately, uh, f- that's one of the reasons why I've avoided pets for yeah. so long. Because you get oh, so ha- having one, Having one yourself. Yes, you get so attached. Yeah, you and do. your heart. You know, it pulls on the heartstrings and you're like, I don't want to lose a best friend. So why would I put that on me, you know? Yeah. 
No, Ugh, yeah. I know. So yeah, that. I definitely am here for that. <laughs> okay. All right. Good, good. And then how we met, this kind of leads into what you said that when you said it, I was like, whoa, um, you're a sound healing practitioner. You play sound bowls and use some other instruments. But one of the things that you said when I went to go see you perform was that we are all just borrowing the energy mm-hmm. that we're all just borrowed energy. Am I phrasing that correctly? Yes. Yes. What do you mean by that? So this body we have here now with us is temporary. And one day we have to give it back to the stars because this is essentially just stardust. Right. It's the elements of what space has created, what source, what God has created. It's, it's just this is the product of that in the physical world. Mm-hmm. One day it has to be returned back into the world, into the cosmos, into the elements. And then that's when our consciousness, our energy, our soul is separated from the physical. So with this energy now, Let's do something beautiful with it. Let's create something beautiful with it. Let's share our light, our magic, our beauty, our love, those just those warm, high vibrational energies, uh, unconditional love. Unconditional love is is oh, super high frequency. Yeah, just it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because that's it's so unselfish. It's so heart opening but yet still sometimes difficult to tap into, especially when you're dealing with very difficult people or very difficult situations. But that unconditional love is freaking powerful. That's what's so good about the pets. I have, I have, I I am shit at this with humans. Mm -hmm. I am, I I mean, I, I want to, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm really wanting to, but then they do stuff Mm -hmm. and I just I get super conditional real freaking fast Mm -hmm. with the pets I'm like oh you just pooped on my bed it's okay (laughs) you know I love you (laughs) yeah because if a human would do that you'd be like get the hell out of here (laughs) it takes so much less than that with a human for me to get all twisted up but listen we're all all just a work in progress yes yes yeah and honestly that's that's the best way to be mindful of it is that we're all a work in progress we're all on these different levels doing our best we're doing the best that we can right here right now with what i was raised so i do i'm like okay i can't you know i can't get angry with them i can't be pissed off yeah Yeah, they stole that from me but you know they probably needed it more than i did yeah okay yeah and the way that i i try like if when i'm in the right frame of mind and and I'm thinking in a, in a higher higher vibrating way is that when I'm really mad at someone or they do something to piss me off, that's like my mirror saying, oh, you know, that's where you need healing. Yes. And, and like that's really yes. this spiritual angel that has agreed to come here and show you the ugliest thing about you. So be grateful for them. Pay attention to you. Heal it and don't hate them. Now, that's about like 0.05 of my existence where I can remember <laughs> to think about that. But I think that's that, totally it. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice reminder for today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A lot, that takes a lot of breathing, it a lot takes of a calming, lot. It takes a relaxing. Lot of breathing. Oh, my gosh. Well, and, and you are also a Reiki master, right? Yes, okay. I am. Yeah, I am. Expl- just explain just a little bit about what Reiki is. <clears throat> so one of my favorite explanations is, um, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. Okay. 
Star Wars. I like Star. Force. I like Star Trek. Better. Oh, okay. Okay, but I do. I do like. I do like. Star I Wars love too. both of them. Okay. Both of them are freaking amazing. Yes. But Star Wars, there's the Force. The Force is all around us. Mm-hmm. It moves within us. It moves around us. It moves differently with certain emotions, feelings, energies. But it's all around us. The Force, that energy, is everywhere, no matter what, whether you believe in it or not. And science is starting to be able to measure that now. Right. So it's there. Right. Period. I, as a practitioner, all I do is channel that energy and focus it in specific areas within your being where I feel like you need it the most based off of our consultation. And it's to best serve you mentally, physically, and spiritually. And it has a consciousness of its own and it goes where you're going to need it the most. But what I can do is just channel it here, focus it there, mm-hmm. bring awareness here. And so I'm, I would say I'm sort of like a Jedi. You know, I can't make things flow. I can't, I don't have a lightsaber, but what I can do is just channel that, that force, channel that you're, energy. You're almost like a, um, what is that? It's like with electricity where it needs a, a conductor, a conductor. Yes. Yes. You're kind of like a conductor for the yes, energy. Yes, exactly. So yeah, as, as a practitioner being a Reiki master, I've been passed down this, this channel of energy. And I've been allowed and gifted to be able to hold on to this energy, this this connection, this channel, which allows me to channel that energy. Whew. Well, I've only done this one other time, and I'm going to schedule some time with you. And I would love to have you back to talk about our experience around that. Mm-hmm. How does that sound? Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's something I've always been interested in, but just haven't had the right time or space for it. So I think that this is something we need to do. Mm-hmm. So, wow. I've really, really loved this conversation. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming over here of and, course, and talking course. about all this cool stuff oh, with I, me. I can talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys out there want to meet Alexander, he does so many things. Tell me about all the things you have going on right now. You have a few events and some happenings happening. So Yeah, right now I just started working out of CSL Dallas, which is Community of Spiritual Living. Which is a really cool, I want to do, really really conditional air quotes church it's more like a community and Mm -hmm. they have services and there it's a really cool spiritual community yeah they do they host all kinds of events uh but they're the i think their biggest focus is the science of mind Mm -hmm. they they really want to cultivate a space where facilitators can bring that that holistic and that energy and that that magic that um you know that I, I would say western science doesn't always give attention to right so this is like that still the same healing and this the same services but in a different form yeah yeah and so and so, I'm, i interrupted you and so what events are you doing now oh i will be hosting my next 4d sound healing there on May 22nd. May 22nd. I will be there. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I do have weekly sound healings there now, so, which I'm really excited because it's really difficult to find a space that's you know fairly affordable, but still be able to host people and enough people to where you can cover you know your costs. But mm-hmm. now with this location, I can 
have very affordable sound healings every Thursday from seven to nine. Great, great. Uh, yeah. And how much does that cost? We <laughs> twenty bucks at the door. Twenty bucks at the door. Yeah. And then the the event on the twenty second is fifty five dollars. Right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And and then what's the other thing that you're doing? And then I'm I'm hosting my first death cafe. Party time. Yeah. I'll probably be there too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's completely free. And uh, it's essentially I'm there to hold space for those who want to get a little bit more comfortable with the topic of death, okay. you know, and um, with grief and mourning and um, just um, sitting with that and, you know, talking about it, really. Yeah. Just I'm there to hold space for those who want to talk about it. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, I know that one of my biggest fears that I have that when I when I drill down on some things that, that I'm afraid of is dying alone or mm -hmm. dying in general, you know, but really facing that fear and becoming very friendly with it. I mean, that would be a huge lift of a burden for those who think about those things, mm -hmm. I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. Talking with other people and seeing who, what their thoughts and their uh, their perspective is on yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so, um, so let's see. It's $55 for the 4D and... Twenty dollars for the sound bath, and but you're going to give us a discount if they say that they heard you on this podcast. Is that yes, right? yes, uh, you will definitely get a twenty twenty percent discount for the four D sound healing, okay. and you can use the promo code May the Force be with you. Yes. No spaces. Okay. <laughs> Perfect, and they can, they can get to that from your Instagram page, which is mystical xander vibes okay and it's mystical dot xander vibes facebook the same thing and xander with the x yeah yep okay and i'll also have that in my show notes one more thing if there is one book that has changed your life because i always like to give people in my community a resource to walk away from that mm. like that you have to that they have to read what is it going to be it can be anything any genre oh, fiction non-fiction Okay, Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza is is huge. It's it, awesome. Yeah. But the first one that really captivated me and really like piqued my awareness is Mutant Message Down Under. This is so crazy. I've never heard of this. I, I gotta <laughs> find out. See, I'll find out who the author okay. is. Yeah, I'll put Mut it in the show notes. Mutant Message Down Under. Okay. And I read it back in 2016. And oof, that was a really rough year for me. That was the, probably the most stressed I had ever been. And I was just in a really funky situation at the ranch. Out of that experience, I, I got a hold of this book that was recommended to me. And ended up reading it and I was just like wow 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 it's and it's it's nothing complicated or complex it's written as a fiction okay. it's published as a fiction okay but it's a woman's first-hand account on experience the tribe of aboriginals in Australia cool and that and her experiences with them, yeah. the real people. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. like, yep, I'm on the right path. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm, I'm heading. Yeah. I'm on the right path. Okay. I'm going to check it out. That sounds super, super <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. Good. I'll, of course I'll link 
all the stuff in the show notes, all the events, all the things, all the books, all the stuff. And again, thank you so much for joining us and you'll come back soon. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having you're me. So I really welcome. appreciate I love talking about this. I love spreading awareness and I love what you're doing. So I'm totally here for it. Well, you can come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so that is going to be the end of our conversation today. But if you like this conversation, if you like this podcast, as always, if you'll give me a five-star review and maybe write a comment because that's the way the podcast gets distributed, that would be incredible. And you can always find me on Instagram at Leah Fisher Art. And that is it for today. Thank you and talk to you next week. <laughs>